Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to the this live edition of the Locked On Lakers podcast. We are here on Silver Screen and Rolls Facebook uh, Facebook feed. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while, so I figured I'd get out here and talk to to those of you who are to have supported us uh, throughout the season, throughout the years here on Silver Screen and Roll. I am Anthony Irwin. Usually, I'm joined by Harrison Fagan, but uh, that technology does not exist to where both of us can be on the camera here at the same time without being in the same room. So you're stuck with me. Uh, Sorry to have that happen to you. Uh, I wanted to start, well, I wanted to start first with a couple questions or a question that I got here, uh, that I got here on Twitter. I am at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, Let's see, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it? It was from Kyle Hartwick. And he asked about uh, our time. Here we go. At Kyle J. Hartwick asked, How cool was it to meet and talk with James Worthy on your podcast? Did he say anything to you off air? Uh, So first and foremost, it was one of those moments that I was literally pinching myself as the the, uh, interview was going on. Again, that's on Locked On Lakers. You can find those shows on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, Tune and Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Uh, but we had James on. Uh, we went to Spectrum uh, Sportsnet's headquarters, and he was kind enough to to give us, you know, five six minutes or so uh, to to talk about the Lakers, and it was insane. Uh, I when I say I was literally pinching myself, I do this thing where I actually do pinch like the bottom down here if I'm nervous or whatever. Uh, so I was I was literally while the interview was going on. I had my hand underneath my my other arm, uh, just kind of pinching my finger under there, like, all right, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. Oh, my God, that's James Worthy. Oh, my God, he's still there. Oh, my God, he's still talking to us about basketball. Uh, so that was insane. And for me, having grown up a Laker fan uh, from childhood, my, I, my, one of my first words was Dados for Dodgers. And then shortly thereafter was some kind of, some iteration of Lakers. And, uh, my dad, we used to, there used to be a video rental place right around the corner from us. And, uh, they would have, they had a whole sports section. So there was like a Magic Johnson highlight thing there, you know, biography kind of thing. There was a Showtime Lakers thing. There was a Michael Jordan one. There was a Larry Bird one that I also watched, but that's just cause I'm a, a basketball freak. Uh, and 
in that Showtime one, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching James Worthy talk about what it was like to play for those guys back then. And um, fast forward 20 so years, 25 years or so, and here I am talking to this guy and, and it was cool. I got to tell my dad afterward. I sent him a picture right after we got off the air. I sent him a picture like, oh my God, this actually just did happen. So it was kind of cool to, to make Pops proud uh, in that respect. Um, if you're wondering what I'm wearing, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. If you're wondering why I'm wearing this, I usually just have like a t-shirt and a hat on usually. But uh, Craig Sager passed, and he everybody knows what's going on. Uh, anytime he was in front of the camera, you knew he was the guy who wore the uh, the loud suits, the the bright ties, all that good stuff. That's what's going on here. I'm 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 here representing uh, Mr. Sager. The best way I know how to, which is wear this kind of stuff and also try to be entertaining while talking about the game. Uh, he helped everybody love just a little bit more. So rest in peace, uh, Mr. Sager, and love, support, prayers, everything out to your family. Uh, but back to James Worthy. I sent a picture to Dad, and, and we were able to talk about, you know, what, what was he like? What was he this? What was he that? Um, the, uh, the second part of that question asked if he said anything off the air. Of course, uh, he said a lot off the air, but I can't go into that because it was off the air. But he is he is just as entertaining as you would think. hes It's just crazy, the, the wealth of knowledge that he's drawing from. And uh, he just pulls things out of the back of his head about basketball that you're just sitting there saying like, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's right. They just, the professional basketball players see the game in a, con- different, a completely different form than the rest of us do, and it was cool to be able to watch a game with him. Derek Fisher was also there. Uh, it was cool to just watch a game with them and pick their brains as far as what they're watching, because I guarantee you it's not the same thing that, that we're watching. Uh, let's go ahead and get into a quick recap of everything that's gone on since the last time I was on the air here. I believe the last time I was on the air on Facebook Live, the Lakers had just won a game. Usually we do these after wins. The Lakers had just won a game. And uh, they were, you know, at or near 500, and there was still a bunch of playoff talk. And I told everybody, even though a bunch of people got angry at me about it, said that I should may I may as well go work at ESPN. Which, like, if that's your punishment for me, uh, you need to you, sh- you should probably find out some some different punishments because I would work for ESPN in a hot second. Sorry, Silver Screen Rule. Uh, last time we were here, though, the, the the prospects for the Lakers were significantly better. Uh, they since went on that, I think it was an eight-game losing streak, uh, which was broken when they when they beat Philadelphia. You want to say handily, but they got a little closer than I think people really wanted it to. Uh, and and I think, you know, I don't think the Lakers are what they were over that losing streak. I don't think they're anywhere near being the worst team in the NBA. But I also don't think they were what they were at the start of the year either, where you know, people were talking about playoffs, and I, it, I just found it really hard to buy into the to whole playoff mentality kind of thing. So, they're somewhere in the middle. They're, they're, I would say they're going to win about 30, 35 games. That's, that'd be a good season for them. Uh, but the bigger thing is that, they, that these kids are going to grow, and we've seen it happening already. Uh, as frustrating as it might be to look at the counting stats for Brandon Ingram, He's gotten significantly better. Go watch like the first game of, of the Lakers season and then compare it to what you're watching nowadays, especially defensively, and he's, he's, he's made noticeable strides. 
Uh, same goes for, for D'Angelo Russell. It's a good thing that when he isn't out there, when, he's un, when he isn't healthy, that the Lakers don't look quite as good. Uh, he's important, and you want a you know second overall pick to be important to your team's prospects. Now, yes, the Lakers did challenge uh, the Cavs, I believe, in a game where he wasn't playing. Um, that's going to happen sometimes. Uh, but for the most part, the Lakers are significantly better when he's healthy and when he's playing. Uh, and, and that's good to see. You want, you want to see your, your, your cornerstone guys make a positive impact on the entire roster, and D'Angelo Russell does do that. Uh, and then you go across the roster. Julius Randle opened up the year playing really well. He's continued to play really well. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. killed Brooke Lopez on live television uh, for everybody to see. That was kind of cool, and, and I believe it was, uh, yep, Emilio Gonzalez says Larry Nance's dunks are amazing. I concur. Let's get him in the slam dunk contest ASAP. Uh, that would be fun to watch this year. Uh, but, but for the most part, the Lakers are making strides forward. They are going to be better than they were over the last eight or nine games uh, moving forward. Their schedule is going to start you know, lightening up a little bit, which is good to see as well. And and I think uh, overall I can't complain about where the Lakers season is so far. Let's uh, let's let's get to a couple of your questions. Phil Correa asks, "Do you have any doubts on the Lakers trading their veterans between now and February?" The first guy who comes to mind is Lou Williams, and him uh, having the season that he's had so far. What you want to do? It's just like it's a stock market, right? And it's you don't want to think of these guys as as financial investments because they are still human beings. But with that disclaimer out there, I would say, you know, the purpose of, of acquiring talent and managing talent and making, uh, building a roster and going through a rebuild is getting pieces at their, you know, at a decent value, watching those pieces or those assets accrue value and then hopefully you find yourself in a place where you can get something for the the, the talent that you've acquired over years uh, when it's time for them to be moved. And I don't think Lou Williams is going to retire a Laker. I don't think the Lakers look at him as this cornerstone kind of piece uh, over the next decade or two while the kids continue to grow. So... If Lou Williams is is has played as well as he has right now, when the league has taken notice, which they have, uh, you want to see if you can you know flip him for something. And the the trade that comes off the top of my head is is sending Lou Williams to Philadelphia for Nerlens Noel, who is not happy. Uh, they the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers know they have to make a move. They need another point guard because. Uh, there, Jared Bayless is out for a significant amount of time, and, and Ben Simmons, when he comes back, is going to be a point guard or going to be a lead guard kind of player, but we don't necessarily know when he's coming back. And if you get Lou out there, you have somebody who can you know help move the ball around. He's made really good decisions this year as a pseudo-de facto kind of backup, you know, third-string backup point guard. Uh, who also plays alongside Jordan Clarkson. So you see what Lou Williams has been able to do, and, you, and if you can get the kind of value of Nerlens Noel coming back in that trade, then I think you kind of have to do that. And then you can just go around the league. If you're looking at a playoff team who has a, a prospect who doesn't maybe fit their timeline, you think to yourself, well, can Lou Williams help that team? All teams want some kind of scorer off the bench. 
and that's what he does, and he does so efficiently. Playoff teams would want somebody like that on their roster, and that's where the Lakers find themselves, where they, they have to try to get value from this guy while they can. And uh, while we're here, just go ahead and send any and all questions. It doesn't even have to be Laker-related. Uh, Star Wars just came out, uh, came out. I haven't seen it, but that's fun to talk to, uh, talk about. Assassin's Creed comes out next week. Okay, I'm a little nervous about that one because I love those games, and please don't screw that up, movie industry. Let's go ahead and get to a couple more questions here. Uh, Herbert Uesele, I, I hope I pronounced that right. Who do you think is going to become the best player out of the younger guys so I have, the, I have a theory on this, and you guys tell me what you guys think of this theory. But I think the Lakers are, go, are trying to manage the kids in a, in a manner in which not, no individual player is, is the center of this rebuild. D'Angelo Russell, you would think, is that. And heading into the year, a lot of people thought that that was going to be the case. Uh, but that's not... That's not how that works, right? That's not how it's worked out so far. The Lakers, Luke Walton has designed a system where you, they basically said, hey, we, we need to get as many guys uh, touching the ball and creating with the ball as possible, which has kind of taken away from D'Angelo Russell's counting stats, but I actually think it's helped in his development. He hasn't had to force anything. Uh, but I think what the Lakers are doing with the kids is they're saying all of these guys have to pan out just to some kind of extent. Right, some kind of positive extent, and for D'Angelo Russell, for Julius Randle, for Brandon Ingram, the best chance of those guys uh, not being bust, right? Like Kristaps Porzingis has been a superstar since they drafted him, and it's because he's had to be. The Lakers kids, conversely, uh, have have not been as good individually as Kristaps Porzingis. But I think if you were to ask both the Lakers fan base and the Knicks fan base and across the NBA which group of young talent the, 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 you know, a general manager would like to have, I don't think it's even a question that people would rather have the Lakers group of young talent. So uh, you kind of, you know, with, even, even with Chris Stapps looking like a potential superstar, potential perennial all-star, you have to feel pretty good about the way the Lakers are managing these kids, and that's where uh, I happen to agree with what they're doing. So this is a long-winded way of saying I don't think there's any one superstar out of the group. Uh, I think it's a, there's, a, there's a better chance that you'll get most, multiple guys who play in a couple all-star games but are all positive uh, pieces on what looks to be a playoff team only in a couple years or so. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. Um, let's go here. And, uh, Phil said, I asked this because I have doubts on anyone willing to help the Lakers get picks or unfinished reclamation projects, players who hardly saw playing time. And it's just my assumption that they won't, I, uh, they won't help them. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because Luol Deng hasn't been very good. And this is going back to, uh, asking about whether the Lakers can move a veteran or, or something for, for some picks or, or some kind of asset in return. Uh, Lou Aldang hasn't been that great. He's not on a good contract. He was, he's owed $72 million over the next four years. Uh, Timothy Mozgov has been pretty good, uh, but asking a team to take on $64 million in, in, in contracts to a seven-footer 
uh, who is not going to get any younger over that time is going to be tough to, to do con- to that uh, to do that kind of convincing. And also, it's nice to have those guys on the team because you know Lou Waldang is going to help Brandon Ingram, Timothy Mozgov is going to help Zubots, he's going to help uh, Tarek Black if if the Lakers see Black as a as a long term piece. Uh, and both those guys are just good guys to have in the locker room. The hope is that eventually they start actually producing to 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 meet expectations that come along with the the contracts that they sign. So uh, the best the best options in, in terms of guys who could be moved this year are probably Nick Young and Lou Williams. And I think you could probably get a decent haul for both of those guys in terms of you know maybe a maybe a, a low first round pick, maybe a high second round pick uh, for for a couple guys who score uh, efficiently and have been a lot better than people thought they could be this season. Uh, let's go to Tung Nguyen, or Nguyen. What's eating JC's grapes? His playmaking is really down this year. You would think with Luke's new system, his assist number would be up. So here's the thing. Um, I hope everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say stats, accounting stats, right? It's It's... Stats that you can tally just by counting. There's no additional math that goes into analyzing what uh, you're seeing in front of you. So points can be tallied, rebounds can be tallied, steals can be tallied, blocks, assists, your typical uh, box score stats. Those are counting stats. And then you have, you know, the advanced analytics of, you know, plus, minus, VORP, all those good things, WAR, uh, wins over replacement or above uh, replacement. Uh, what I was going to say is the tendency is to focus on counting stats, and that tends to lack perspective, and here's why. If Jordan Clarkson has the ball in a pick-and-roll, chances are with how defenses handle pick-and-rolls nowadays, his pass is probably not going to be the assist pass. Now, I'm also, you know, it's also worth pointing out that Jordan Clarkson's actual pass rate is down this year. The number of passes he's actually throwing is down. Uh, so that's fair to point out as well. But if he's going to be handling the ball in a lot of pick and rolls, he's either going to be looking to shoot or he's going to be making what's called a a um, hockey assist, where it's the pass that leads to the assist. And if you're just looking at the counting stats there, and if, the, and if uh, Jordan Clarkson is looking to make these passes, these hockey assists, that's not going to show up in his box score. So what you got to do is be able to watch the game and just make sure he's making good decisions. And yes, I, I do think he's forcing things, and that's going to happen with young players in slumps, and he's in a slump, and he is a young player. The hope, sorry about that, the, the hope is uh, that, you know, instead of forcing things and trying to overcome the slump by just scoring, the Lakers get back to making him a balanced player and being able to create for other guys as well as he can create for himself. Because when he's on, he's really tough to stop. Uh, when he wants to get the ball to his right hand and he wants to get the ball to the rim, he's actually he's, he's really good at that. Uh, the problem is when he does that, his sight line tends to come down. Or his, you know, you, you, hear, you hear coaches say this all the time, dribble with your head up so you can see other guys uh, on, you know, in, in positions to score, better positions to score than yourself. What's happening is he's dribbling the ball, and when he's dribbling the ball, his head's going down or he's just focused on the rim. And he puts those blinders on while he's trying to get to the rim. And other guys, he's missing, he's missing uh, potential assists or potential passes to, to help his team. And, and the hope is, as he goes through this stretch where he's in the slump, the hope is that he can get better 
at not forcing things and trying to shoot his way out of a slump and just making the winning play to get out of the slump. And uh, winning tends to cure everything, and this is one of those things where he, uh, he, he probably could use making more winning plays than, than scoring plays. I hope all that made sense to everybody. Herbert uh, also asked, will Larry Nance Jr. be participating in the dunk contest? I believe he said he wanted to. Uh, I know the NBA would love to have him if he's healthy uh, around that time of year. You have guys like Zach Levine. You have Aaron Gordon who have this kind of slam dunk rivalry at this point. So Larry Nance Jr. will have his work cut out for him in such a competition. But he's so effing athletic that I think he can make it work or he can at least challenge against what those guys are doing up there above the rim. I hope he does. I hope he does make it into the uh, into the slam dunk contest, and he ha- I hope he does better than Shannon Brown, who we don't even need to talk about that, right? <clears throat> Maurice Malari says D'Lo was re- regarded as a passing savant coming out of college. Why do you think he is not living up to that in the N- NBA level? It's the same thing that I just talked about with Jordan Clarkson. D'Angelo Russell makes a lot of winning plays. He makes a lot of hockey assist passes. He makes the right decision coming out of uh, the pick and roll where. Uh, if he isn't putting himself in a spot to, to score, he's good at making sure whoever is rolling to the basket is in a position to either score or make an assist. And so far this season, that's worked out pretty well. Uh, I'd like to get him into the post a little bit more often than the Lakers are doing that right now. But none of this matters anywhere near as much as getting him healthy consistently. And Luke Walton had kind of an interesting uh, point that he made today where he says he hopes that the Lakers don't find themselves in a spot where they have to sit D'Angelo Russell every so often uh, for health concerns or for precautionary reasons. And that if it does get to that place or if it does continue to get to that place, there's a good chance that he is, uh, he might get shut down. He, Luke Walton mentioned shutting him down for a little while. And, um, the hope is that we avoid that at all costs because it's not only is it important for him to be, you know, to uh, to develop, but it's also it's it's just fun to watch the kid play basketball and as it's fun to watch him grow alongside all these other kids and excuse me, watch the uh, Lakers future kind of tape take shape in front of us. The hope is that, you know, this knee thing is it can isn't a concern moving forward. And then he's able out to, 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 to go out there and, and, and uh, continue to develop and continue to, to impress the way he has, in my opinion, uh, the way he has this season. He just won't be able to do that if he's, if he's you know, consistently wor- you know, worried about that knee. Last one here, Kamal Al-Razi asks, why is Brandon Ingram not shooting the ball well? Although he was considered one of the best shooters in his draft class, uh, so here's the last one again. Um, for one thing, he's really thin, and what hurts the uh, what hurts Brandon Ingram is every time he's trying to make a dribble, an attacking dribble. If he gets a single hand check, it sends him off course, and that messes with timing. It allows the help to get there a little faster. It does all kinds of things that don't help a young shooter who's still trying to get used to the NBA speed while all this is going on. And uh, yes, his shooting has been kind of disappointing. It's been up and down. Uh, but I still like what I see in terms of his release. I'd like to see him cons- you know, shoot with more confidence consistently. But his release still looks fine to me. 
Uh, it's still nice and high. It's faster than I, I anticipated it being. Uh, but the the hope is the hope is that he continues to uh, you know gain strength and adapt to the NBA speed a little bit a little bit more than he has so far this year. So you know, but the again. It's all about guys being pieces on winning teams in a winning environment. And while his shooting hasn't been great, his defense has been for a rookie. And, and the plays he's been making defensively are winning plays. So, you know, the hope is that he can, he can continue to do that uh, while his offensive game catches up to his defensive game. Uh, so, I, I, again, all these guys, Jordan Clarkson has to work on his pants, passing, not pantsing, uh, Julius Randle has to work on his quick decision-making and his shooting. D'Angelo Russell has to work on his turnovers. Brandon Ingram has to work on his shooting. All these guys are young. None of these guys are anywhere near finished products. And not only are they young in terms of NBA time you know, spent on a court on an NBA court, they're young by actual <laughs> years-lived uh, standpoints where... I believe D'Angelo Russell is either 20, he, I don't think he's 21 quite yet. Jordan Clarkson's a little older than, than the other guys. I think he's 23. Julius Randle, I think, is 20 uh, or 21. Brandon Ingram is only 19. Like These guys are nowhere near finished products, not only as basketball players, but as men. And uh, they're all making strides, positive strides moving forward that you want to see. Uh, so that's been that, you know, keep an eye on, on just the bigger thing is just keep an eye on the actual development and don't box score watch. Uh, actually watch them go out there and play. And, and my advice, if you really want to see how good they're getting, go back and watch old games as the season goes along. And you can see, all right, our habits being, our bad habits being broken, our good habits being formed. And, and that's the hope as you're, as you're watching this Laker season go along. So uh, again, this was fun. I enjoy talking to you guys a bunch. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in the way you have. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. Send them in. Keep sending them in. I'm at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, I, will try to, to, I will try to send those to you as well after this. So we're going to go to a quick break. And then after this, we, I actually have a conversation with, um, with somebody who talked to Nick Young for an extended period of time and had a fun conversation with him. So uh, get, get ready for uh, a fun interview there. We talk about Michael Jordan. We talk about Kobe. We talk about Nick Young, obviously. That's going to be fun. That's going to be on tomorrow's episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast, which can be found on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. And I will talk to everybody soon. Again, rest in peace to Craig Sager and all the love to his family. How's it going, Andrew? Good, man. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm I'm uh, I'm with Locked On Lakers, and uh, you had a really interesting conversation with Nick Young. I did have a really interesting conversation with Nick Young. He's my he's my dude, man. I it's like sure, swaggy. It's I'm, sure, uh, sure sounded like it. Yeah, man. He's the he was the best. He's uh he's a super fun loving dude. I'm sure. No, I mean, <clears throat> no Laker fans uh, are unaware of you know, kind of how fun-natured he is. Uh, everyone kind of sees that and knows that. But I think we kind of brought it out of him a little bit more in the interview because we took him to a Russian spa and uh, made him, uh, 
made him get beat with palm fronds and <laughs> gave him the Russian the, the Russian spa treatment that that we're used to deep in the heart of the the, the motherland and uh, he loved it man he was super fun and got pretty candid in the hot tub and we drank a beer because it was Cinco de Mayo and I like him dude I think he's I think he's fantastic and I think it's his time to shine for the Lakers now with him and uh, and Russ uh, as as long as they both stay healthy and yeah. they're a dynamic duo man. I mean, we saw what we saw what happened with the Lakers when those guys were not healthy. But I, I'm kind of interested. So the the process in recording this, how long mm-hmm. were you looking at? You know, was there was how you know how much time was was actually put in front of the camera? I saw about 11 minutes worth of, of content. But how long did it take to get everything together when he was there at the spa? <clears throat> well, all the interviews we spend about <clears throat> um, we spend about a couple hours, which with 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 the talent, but it depends on, you know, athlete to athlete, it all, it changes. Mm-hmm. But with, um, you know, with him, it was a couple hours, but he was down to stay for, for longer, you know, and we usually contract him out just for like an hour and a half or so, but he wanted to stay much longer and kick it. And if we sat in the hot tub and drank a hundred beers, he would have been down because he was just having a good time. But you know, that's kind of the, the whole idea of the show is this, you know, this Russian sports trainer host who's trying to make it in America with his own talk show is, you know, is trying to befriend these athletes and learn their culture and their lifestyle. And, in turn, they end up falling in love with Nikolai Popoff, and uh, they usually want to stay and hang longer, and Nick was no exception. I mean, you know, he kicked it for a while and did everything we wanted to do and was super fun and cool and, you know, knew how to take a joke and didn't take himself too serious and, you know, had all the makings of uh, kind of like a superstar, you know, being good on the court and then having great media presence off the court. It's just it's important now because people want to get to know these people and not just watch them play ball. Yeah, so, it, it was kind. It was, it, it was great. It was kind of funny. Over the last couple of years, when the Lakers had Byron as their head coach, he was just he wanted to scrub mm-hmm. the personality basically completely off of the team. As long as as yeah. long as your name isn't Kobe, and Kobe could do whatever he kind of wanted. And then guys like Nick Young, who you know, I, I think he needs to he needs to feel loved. And uh, he wasn't successful over the last couple of years. Did you get into? I mean, it was kind of tough. It's not really the setting where you're going to get into in depth on on the process of playing. But did you talk to him at all about you know the difference between the last couple of years and this year? Of course, man. I mean, you know, and a lot of that stuff didn't make the cut <clears throat> because of time wise and material wise. But you know, we spoke uh, pretty in depth about you know the coaching changes and and. And how he felt about that, because it was uh, it was extremely recent when we were speaking about it. And you know, listen, he was ecstatic about the position that he was going to be put in now that the Kobe era was coming to an end, and him kind of being a forefront name and not being such a young rookie. And now he had a little bit of experience under his under his feet. And he also had you know he also had a bigger chance to shine with this regime. And uh, I think you know the thing that we kind of bo- we touched on that that he loved and cracked some jokes about was that, you know, then he feels more like, um, he can be him, you know, he can do me is what, you know, athletes all, all, you know, always say, I'm trying to do me. And he was, he could do him now. Finally, he could kind of be more of a showboater and be a little bit louder, a little bit more bold. And I think that's important for someone like that, especially when your name is, nickname is Swaggy P. I mean, clearly it shows he's got a personality, you know what I mean? And, and I think if you watch the Lakers and you're a Lakers fan, um, that's it's it, he, he they kind of manifested their own destiny i mean they they legitimately wanted to be a bigger team a more vibrant team a little bit louder a little bit more in your face and uh i mean i think they are i think you know you you watch the lakers now you watch larry nance poster up somebody and 
the reaction is is more raw and fun and there's there's more there's more life that's going on on the floor now than I think there ever was because you know Kobe Kobe took a lot of the light and yeah. and rightfully so and now that he's gone a lot of these younger guys a lot of these development guys they're getting their chance to kind of you know do their thing a little bit more Nick is no exception I think he's getting his shot to do more of his thing and you know quite frankly I think he's the shit as long as he stays healthy you know they're, they're they got some treacherous combinations um of people on the floor i think you know when he when he's there it's it's great because the energy of of sports today uh, whether or not the older generation likes it or not has a lot to do with you know confidence and swagger and attitude and that's just the way that the, that it's moving now so where byron lacked letting personality shine on the court um i think it's i think it's you know it's becoming more of a reality for, for the Lakers organization and others as well, you know, cause Luke is young and I think that's what people want. I think that's what people want to see. And I mean, you look at guys like, you know, Westbrook who's so alive on the floor and that brings such a, an attitude to OKC. And I think, I think these things really shape dynamic franchises when you let these players be people. Cause you know, that's the thing about this show that I love is, we show that these players are people too. Yeah. You know, you can't just yeah. look at them as, as athletes. They spend their whole life training to be this thing, but at the end of the day, they're just human beings, man. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. And most of the time, you know, I'm a man in my 30s, and I meet some of these guys, and they're young. They're 24 years old, 25 years old, and, you know, you forget. It's like, yeah, he likes video games and playing with his dog and getting drunk with his friends because he's 25, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying Nick. I'm just saying these, these you know, young athletes that I meet. Mm-hmm. You forget that they're just they're they're just young dudes. Yeah, it, they it's like kinda... to do all the things that you did, except uh, they're they're phenomenally blessed and, <laughs> and talented, and they're and they're athletic, you know, uh, phenoms. You know, that's just just. But outside of that, they're still human beings. I don't I don't so, know what you're talking what about. I'm 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 pretty phenomenally blessed and talented myself. <laughs> Are you man at what? No, what I'm not. I'm I'm really not. You got a huge vertical. You run a you run a four two forty or something. No, uh, I, no, I, no, I, I dream about the, it, and then I wake up sore. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I come. Trust me, man. I do a, one too many squats, and I'm in bed for a month. Yeah. But uh, I think that's the I think that's the fundamental thing that makes the show. Um, both you know unique and eye-opening is that we put a spin of comedy on just regular conversation to show that these people are just fucking chill people man they're just they're just like us they just they have a higher standard of living and they have a higher expectation from society to kind of be these shiny objects when that's not the reality you know not everyone is 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 is, is perfect and tidy and, and neat and tied up and some people are a little bit more flashy and fun and Nick happens to be just that and god damn it he should be you know like you you, you gotta let these people live and let them play and let them be who they are because you know we pay money to see them entertain us at the end of the day it's an entertainment venue and when we start to lose that I think you lose a part of the game you lose something beautiful about the game when you don't let people kind of have fun absolutely so what uh why Nick Young? What 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 drew you towards Nick uh, in choosing him for the show? Why do, the, why do we the, pick the, Nick? The swaggy prophet. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that says it all. I, well, first yeah. of all, you know, we wanted to touch on a lot of athletes from a lot of different venues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the show, you get everything from 
P-Rod, who's, who's arguably one of the best professional skateboarders uh, in the history of the game, you know, to Anastasia Ashley, who's a, who's a phenomenal pro surfer, to, you know, we just put out Calais Campbell, you know, plays for the Cardinals. So we wanted to touch on, like, every kind of athlete, every position, and we didn't want to just, you know, stick to one space. And when it came to basketball, we've gotten a bunch of basketball players, you know, Kenneth Reed, and, um, and, and we chose – we chose Nick because we wanted to represent Los Angeles, and I think um, he was such a great, iconic figure for us to get because he's young. He is kind of the voice of the new generation of Laker fans, and I think that's, uh, I think he kind of embodies what young Laker nation really is and loves and wants for their future, and we believe that he was, and, and he was a great interview, man. You know, like, personality is is everything in an interview and he's got all of it. So he was an easy pick for us and he was so down to do it. And we loved it. And I, you know, we, we, we usually tell the athletes, you know, what they're going to get into. And, um, for him, it was, uh, you know, the Russian spa and he was down like right away. You know, he was, he was super into it. It's kind of funny. So he has, he does exude this, this happy go luckiness, this fun lovingness. Uh, but there were still there were certainly moments in, in the clips that I saw that, you know, he 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 not necessarily pushed back, but he wasn't necessarily all that comfortable. The leave scene comes to mind where he's like, yeah. oh, God, what, what was something that, you know, what kind of tactic did you use to keep him, you know, kind of pushing forward and no and, and, you know, get him to continue to trust you that no, 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 don't worry about it. This is this is uh, this is good to go. We spoke the same language, I think, is the best way to say that. It's like, uh-huh. you know, Nick Nick likes the same things that Andrew Santino that I like, and then I put that in the character of Nikolai. I infuse a lot of culture and it, it, that, that he's used to, and, I, and, and in the world of hip, loving both hip-hop and fashion and, and stuff like that is kind of, that kind of what, that's kind of what molds me to a lot of these athletes is, you know, they, they find that we like the same things, and I throw that in the character of Nikolai, so... You know, when they're talking about hip hop to Nikolai, it makes them feel more, you know, relaxed and at home, and and uh, and it just feels, it just, it gives, it gives them the idea that, you know, they're in on this with me, and and the show is just that. We're not playing a joke on anybody. We're not, we're not screwing them over or pranking them. This is like just a fun way to communicate new information from the athlete instead of just a boring straight up interview. You know, so. I think it's that it's just that we speak the same language, you know. Uh, the culture that they love, we also love on the show, and we try to kind of promote that. Um, and that's kind of what uh, that's kind of what I think gets them involved and gets them, you know, into it. So I, I'm getting the vibe that you just you, you love sports. Uh, a, yes. A bird whispered in my ear that I wouldn't you... do this. if I did, if I was doing this show and I hated sports, I'd be in deep shit. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would certainly agree. You grew up in the in Chicago during the Michael Jordan era. Uh, how would right. how would how do you think Michael would handle Nikolai? <laughs> That's a good question, man. Um, <laughs> Michael Jordan ninety six or Michael Jordan today? Because those are two different people. But uh, he actually when Michael Jordan more was easy going player, nowadays. Would you say? I, I actually think Michael's more easy going today. You know. He is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No. No. That's what I mean. They're two completely different. Uh, Michael 96 probably would have uh, shut it down, uh, you know. It, it, but now, you know, I think uh, Michael, oh, you know, um, baggy suit pants, uh, golf course cigar smoking, chilling and joking around would have liked it a little bit more today because I think he's got a better sense of humor about, you know, 
about himself and and I think his legacy is so embedded that he really can't shake that. So now I think he'd have a lot more fun with Nick. But back in back in the championship days, I think he would have. First of all, it would have never happened, <laughs> and it probably <laughs> wouldn't true. happen now. I don't think he's going to do an interview for uh, for for Go Ninety. I think Michael Jordan's on our on our. He's on our wish list, but I don't think he's on our get list. But um, yeah, I think he would handle it great th- these days. You know, I think he he's very aware of who he is, and you know, as you get older and you progress in the entertainment industry, I think he understands more of the Jordan legacy and the Jordan brand and who he is, and I think he can take himself not as serious because he's no longer a, you know, a competitive high performance athlete. Now he's a retired athlete who's still competitive, but more on the golf course now, I'm sure than anything else. So I think he would know how to, how to handle it. It's kind of interesting with Jordan because like everybody kind of ideologizes and deifies Michael, but I, I don't know how he would have handled being an athlete nowadays with the social media and, and how people would have handled, you know, how he gambled and stuff like that. How do you think that would have gone over? 1996, well, Michael Jordan, 20 years later, how do you think that, that plays out? Yeah, you know, it's a hard question, man, because, you know, I mean, arguably, you know, you, you could say that what Jordan did for the game then was exactly what athletes are doing for the game today. It's just a different version of it, right? So the the world that social media has created for athletes to kind of be their own entity outside of the court and create and establish a look and a feel off the court. Jordan did that, but his way just was done not through social media, but it was done through, you know, Gatorade and Nike and Jordan and brand Jordan mm-hmm. and creating the most iconic basketball shoe in the history of of time and i mean he created a brand that i that kind of that stylized the league you know i mean because of jordan i think he he shaped the league to becoming more open to young black culture and and instead of being kind of such an uptight league i think him breaking the rules and wearing the jordan ones that were banned and the things that he did were much like what athletes do now and speak their voice publicly like kaepernick taking a knee is a public sector for him to do that. And, and because of the internet now that can spread and have more resonance, but where Jordan had to do it on a, on a much smaller scale and it had to spread more organically. I think he did the same thing then it was just a different time period, but I think Mike did the same stuff. I mean, Mike went against the league often and, and you know, he wanted to be his own thing and he stylized and changed the league and he became the guy who talking to referees became a standard and it was fun to hear him shit talk and to get his way and to watch him kind of, you know, to watch him create style. I mean, there were guys that always had style prior to Mike, but he, 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 he kind of, he made a, a, a player, a brand and, and these two things can be synonymous. You know, now players are brands, you know, Mamba became a brand, you know, and, and KG is, a, a nickname, CP3. I mean, Jordan Jordan was the one that birthed that. You know, I mean, you have guys like Oscar Robertson and Big O, and these are like cute nicknames, but these guys today are making brands. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're literally just, they're just, you know, Dr. J was a name, but wasn't really as big of a brand. And, and now you have guys that are literally brands, and they're franchise brands on and off the floor. Um, and as far as, you know, handling some of the allegations against Michael and and his private life, I don't think, you know, I don't think that would have affected him any more or less than it did anyway. Um, you know, today as it did then, you know, people kind of, 
people do like to keep uh, their kings at the top of the castle, and and you know I, I really don't know would would that have been more exposed today? Probably, you know, probably been pictures of him at casinos, and <laughs> and it probably been more 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 uh, exposing of of people of his weaknesses. But um, I think there would have been a lot of people on his team to fight to make sure that he stayed with a squeaky clean image. You know what I mean? I think that was that's a part of the game as well. And listen, there's athletes today that they get themselves in some trouble and they've got a lot of people trying to help them out to stay clean and to keep it all together because to give them credit, it's hard to have someone looking at you all the time. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, can you imagine sure. someone watching sure. your every move and nobody is flawless and no one's perfect. So these are just things that are a part of life. I mean, you know, God, if people caught me doing everything that I do all the time, it's like, wouldn't we all be embarrassed if they all knew our secrets? Yes. Yes. And and at the end of the day too, Michael still produced, right? So like at the you know, winning winning tends to gloss over or get people to gloss over some of the uh darker images that we have of our sports figures because at the end of the day they're they're there to to win and so long as Michael continued winning, I think he did he'd have done just fine as well. Um That's exactly right. I I believe that, man. I yeah. believe that to be true. Yeah. So this was a lot of fun. The show uh Dope. He, he, Here's the here's the rub airs Wednesday next Wednesday the the twenty first on uh, mm-hmm. on E ninety go ninety oh ninety go ninety yeah go, go 90. you can go to go ninety g o go go ninety and the mm-hmm. number ninety go ninety dot com or go ninety has an app for all the on all uh, smartphones Androids and iPhone um, you can download the app it's free and you can watch the content we'll be under the comedy section um, and sometimes we're under sports as well they kind of pair us on both but. If you search "Here's the Rub" anywhere on the web, it'll connect you to it. And uh, watch watch the Nick Young, watch Swaggies, and then watch the other ones that we've got uh, loaded up on there. And then we keep pumping them out. Yep, we're going to uh, we're going to attach the link to the post that we create on Silver Screen and Roll as well, so that people uh, know how to directly get there. Uh, this was Andrew Santino. So, this was a lot of fun, and uh, and the show that they produced was a lo- was also a lot of fun. Getting to see uh, Nick Young kind of open up uh, was was really cool to watch. Great work. Awesome, man. Thank you very much, brother. Anytime. All right, so that was my conversation with Andrew Santino, uh, who was a lot of fun. That was. I hope everybody enjoyed that a lot. I hope you guys all really enjoy the uh, the the actual episode, which which airs on the twenty first, uh, which is what is it? Wednesday. Wednesday. So that's a that's going to be fun. It's a we're going to put the link in the uh, in the post for this one on Silver Screen and Roll uh, when we tweet it out. It's just cool to see somebody like Nick Young again, like we talked about in, in the interview. It's just cool to see him kind of get his feet back under him and and feel open enough uh, and in a good enough situation mentally to to be Swaggy P again. Uh, and and as stupid as I might sound as a 30-year-old man uttering the phrase swaggy p uh, it that it kind of feels like it's important for for young to feel comfortable enough taking up that uh those characteristics again for him to be successful and and if you're the lakers and that's what it takes for nick young to be successful then you just kind of take it you live with it and you try to take it so uh again i hope everybody really enjoyed this this was a fun episode to tape I hope uh, everybody enjoyed the the Q&A session that I had with everybody on Facebook Live. We will be back at it again tomorrow 
uh, with with another episode, another fun episode of, of Lockdown Lakers. Make sure you're following the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Uh, make sure you're using the promo code LO Lakers on the uh, on on uh, Mac Weldon and SeatGeek. Make sure you're using Lakers Ten on BetTheSI.com, and we will talk to you again manana. Have a good one. the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.